Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. From the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Goodison Park. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the latest edition of the Royal Blue Podcast in association with Sport Pacer. I'm Phil Kirkbride, and today, post deadline day, I'm joined by Gav Buckland and Joe Rimmer. I hope you've all had a well earned lie down after the uh, frenetic final day of the transfer window where Everton pushed over the line. Three transfers, well, it became four just a matter of moments ago that Kurt Zuma has been confirmed as joining the Blues on a season-long loan. We're here to talk about what it was, a, in many ways, a remarkable day for Everton uh, in, the, in the window uh, and also look forward to the start of the season and, and talk about what's realistic for the Blues this term. Gav, um, as you watched the action, if you like, un- <laughs> unfold yesterday... Um, what what was your feelings actually? I mean, that's probably the best way to start. How did you feel about what was uh, what was happening? Um, well, I think the deal start we expected to come to fruition happened, didn't he? Bernard and uh, Mina and. Did you expect them though? Sorry to interrupt. Was there never any doubt because I mean, it was so? Yeah, it went right to literally to the wire. It could not have gone any closer. Yeah, maybe not expected, but that being planned would probably be the better word. So from that that. Um, from that aspect, I think it was uh, it was quite comforting, but from the whole transfer window as a whole, which I think you've got to judge it, haven't you, rather than by just on deadline day. Um, I've been quite pleased with our progress, both in terms of the players that have been brought in, with the caveat, of course, that will be only judged on the uh, from the start of the Premier League season. But the players that we've uh, also chastened, uh, uh, maybe with one or two still to uh, leave between now and the end of August. So, all things considered, I'm pretty content uh, based on the fact that also a couple of weeks ago when we sat in, <laughs> well, it wasn't on the verge of uh, pressing the panic button, but we were sort of getting a bit fidgety over the sort of lack of progress. So, I'm, I'm uh, happy. Joe, it's like a deadline day can really change the mood of a football club and perceptions about how a window has been either a success or, or, or a failure. How much do you think yesterday, and, and obviously, and in, in the addition of Zuma in the, in the last hour, how much do you think that's that's done to change the feel around Everton? Oh, massively, massively. A uh, couple of people I've spoken to, I, I was in here yesterday, um, and it, it was just a crazy day, and you could feel the mood change shift immediately as soon as, uh, especially as soon as Mina and the Gomez deals were confirmed. Um, it's a strange one because on one hand, the, the mood has shifted, and, and look signings needed to be made but at the same time I don't think we should get too ahead of ourselves because as last summer has taught us that mm. these players they've got, to, they've got to then live up to ex- expectations and perform on the pitch and and time will tell whether they do that but um, yeah yesterday was it felt like a massive mood change and, and I think it's something that Marco Silva needed it, it lifts a little bit of pressure off him and, uh, and Marcel Brands and yeah it, it's really really positive and I think everyone's in a great positive mood going into the new season though but of course, um, we ruined the transfer window, according to Paul. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, uh, he has a habit of saying things like that, Miss, doesn't he? Bizarre things knowing. like that. Yeah. yeah. Um, if it'd be an Arsenal who spent 100 million at the start of the transfer window, whether he said the, the same thing, uh, I'm not so sure. It was a bit of a uh, daft statement to make, really. Um, but in a sense, the the amount of money that we spent is is quite a lot, really, in the great scheme of things. Are isn't you it, surprised? Because I think I worked it out briefly last night. The, the commitment of deals and this yeah. obviously these add-ons and things would run close to about hundred. It's ninety yeah. plus, getting towards a hundred. Are we surprised that it went that high, or is that just? You, you want to sign six players, you have to spend that amount of money. Bearing in mind, we've got, we've got two on loan and one for free. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we've, we've, got, a, we've got a few Bob come in, haven't we? Uh, maybe more to come. Um, no, it had to be done, really. It was interesting to see about the mean deal about Man United saying about the Asians' fees. Um, it, was, it was a bit mm. of a deal breaker mm. with them. So it'd be interesting to see what the, the subsequent conversation we had there was uh, over it. And I think it was probably a small move. Um, Get you know, um, getting Gomez in as part of that, um, so I'm, I'm not surprised. I just have one eye on the fact that you know, obviously, I'll get into board and accounts and speak. You know, uh, <laughs> you know, we don't, we, we don't, don't like we, that in we, it. We don't, we don't, 100 million is not a cost of our accounts this year, it's obviously sped up the, the, yeah. the, the contract life. And I'm just wondering whether, as a club, and won't be the only one. Uh, looking at this way is the, the next Premier League overseas deal I think kicks in as if from next year when they're expecting mm. a big big ramp up again in the overseas TV yeah. rights and I'm just wondering whether they've got half an eye on the fact that actually we may struggle next year wages wise but the year after I think we get 40 million at the moment mm. I think that will probably go up again significantly the Chinese deal went up by 10 times the amount wasn't yeah. it something ridiculous that will have more money in two years' yeah. time to pay for for the wages that yeah. we've uh, we've got from this 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 close season, I suspect we may struggle financially perhaps this season, but um, mm. that remains to be seen. Yeah, so surprise, but it needs to be done. I mean, it was an interesting thing, wasn't it? And I don't and we'll be talking about Wolves later, but when you have a look at the clubs who spent a lot in the transfer window, it's not necessarily the top six, isn't it? It's all clubs who are in and around our position in the in the table, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. You know, your Wolves, Leicester's, West Ham. Fulham spent big money. We've spent a lot, both in terms of gross spend and, and net spend, and it shows you. Well, it's an interesting thing, isn't and, it really? and we will get onto it. But Joe, is it probably indicative of the money you have to spend north of 100 million quid or there or thereabouts just to kind of bridge the gap, maybe to seventh, sixth if you've had an unbelievable season? Definitely, you've you've got to gamble now, haven't you? It, it's. I just think it's the market. You spend that much money, it's the market nowadays. Richarlison costs forty million, but that's because you're buying a player from a Premier League rival mm. who don't particularly want to sell. So they're going to make you. They're going to make you pay. So I, I, I think, look, if you want to bridge that gap, you've got to take some gambles. And if you think back to, I was thinking back to when Man City first got rich. They took gambles on any anyone and everyone. They 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 would buy established players. They buy young players. They'd, they'd take free transfers and pay quite a lot of money in wages and they did cast the net quite wide and eventually things settled down and I think like I've said you, a lot of the clubs that have spent a lot of money this summer are clubs trying to close the gap look at West Ham they're trying to desperately close that I think gap they're, on the, they're the best six. example for yeah. me yeah yeah. I'd argue actually there's a lot of clubs spending money just to ensure they stay in the yeah, Premier League yeah, yeah. true <laughs> you yeah. know, well, what did well we did that yeah, in January yeah, yeah. didn't we yeah what, what, what I think some clubs are trying to protect themselves Early on, to ensure that they, they just stay in the Premier League, because mm. especially you don't want to, you know, lose those riches that that will 
you know, that are there. So it's it's an incessant source of list, isn't it? The, the people who've spent a lot of money, and mm. and it's it's not it's not what you would normally expect, is it? Mm. I know the Bale Cup has probably expected that in terms of without going on about the top six, the sort of elite players, maybe the movement's not being as great because of the shortening of the transfer window yeah. and the back of the World Cup has may, maybe affected their spending. Um, but it, it's an interesting thing nonetheless. It just shows how competitive it may be in mm-hmm. the middle of the, tab- middle of the table from sort of 12th to 7th next year and perhaps even, like you say, if you get up in the round sixth. Mm. I think, sorry, sorry to I think Everton's recruitment has been far more clever than, than like West Ham's you, you look at West Ham Fulham and Wolves are the, probably the other two that spring to mind in the terms of the teams that have really gone for it this window and signed a lot of players and a lot of bodies but I think that's a dangerous Everton have signed what I think five players uh, seven in total 16 yeah, seven yeah, obviously you can't yeah, be young goalkeepers yeah. so. so you look at West Ham they've probably signed 10, 10 yeah, to 12 I players I think they need to get into double figures aren't yeah, they yeah and, and I think that that is a dangerous strategy because you've got to A bed all these bodies in they've got to learn to play together I mean straight away there's two new centre halves Everton are going to have to learn to play together so I, I doubt that they will come straight in together I would imagine that he will try and yeah. bring them in slowly so I think with West Ham they're going to have to try and hit the ground running if they don't they could be in trouble and well, they could almost get themselves into crisis. I think, and we, we've spoke about it on this pod, and I'm sure we're not the only Evertonians that have said it. There's there's some parallels between what West Ham have done this summer and what we did last summer. Yeah, yeah. and the and some before even. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I think there's dangers, but bringing six players is a lot as well under a new manager. You know that that's it. That's that's a challenge in itself, isn't it? Really. Um, what what I think the difference in this year compared to previous years and even pre Koeman, um and pre you know pre Martinez even is, is is you know I was going about the ages of players mm. and I think all mm. the six players we've both sort of got loaner or between twenty one and twenty five. So enduring their lifetime at Evan they'll reach the magic twenty four to twenty nine age or already there. You know, and the players we've offloaded have been Rooney, you know, a number of Rooney, Morales, yeah. Williams, mm. all thirty plus. So, we're addressing that imbalance in the squad of mm. too many young players in the late teens, early twenties, too many players over thirty. We're, we're addressing that balance, and you know, all being well, that will will be even more in the next couple of years. Those players move into their mid mid twenties. So, I think that that to me. The, being different from the previous, say three or four years, is you can you can see a sort of strategy and a consistency mm-hmm. in the way you want to want to do things, which yeah. is maybe not been there in the past. Where I think Joe is what you're saying, just gone out and yeah, plays, yeah. regardless of age, and you I, know. And I, and, I, and, I, and I certainly don't want to be um, being the party pooper because you know there's a great feel about the place. But the unspoken truth about buying players at that age, in two to three seasons, they come into their prime and. They will retain profitability, hopefully. Yeah, yeah well, exactly. Yeah, that's that, that's a classic business model. I think that's what everybody aspires to, isn't it? Really, uh, and some clubs have have, have have done that really well. Um, and um, I, I've not got, I've not got a problem. I've not got a problem with that. Um, if if the if a player that we bought this year in three years' time is worth say, Jordan Pickford being a perfect example of that. Well, we've obviously done well at Everton. We all benefit, don't we? So, yeah. but we will look at that problem yeah. at the time. Exactly. So, and and I think that, that that that's maybe as I say, looking a bit more smart than what we've had had have done in the past. And I, and I think maybe that's the influence of brands a little bit. And say, you, you yeah. would you would 
you would say that th th there's a certain you know amount of intelligence the way we've done it mm. and I think uh, a bit of thought behind it both where we bought the players from as well yes. you know not necessarily linked in the past with players from no, well, that, you know, that, that Shakhtar and so yeah, on. And well, neatly bringing on to my next point was um, that we bought or signed three players from Barcelona who marker today, it may have been lost in translation, but I suspect it hasn't been, uh, seems to suggest that Barca should build a monument to Everton because they've boosted their coffers by about 50 million euros and signed three players who they didn't want. Um, any concern, you know, in the back of anybody's mind that we've bought duds here? Or? I, I don't think so. It's it's funny that because I've seen a few Barcelona-based journalists say that how Barcelona managed to offload these players to Everton, but but then I I think it was only six months ago that Barcelona scouted and identified Mina and said he must be a good, he's a good player we'll bring him in so they they clearly saw something then and it wasn't that long ago that Lucas Digne was playing very well at Roma and impressing enough for Barcelona to bring him in so they're not bad players and all right they might be and with respect they might be a step down for Barcelona they could represent a step up for Everton and Bernard was a lad playing in the Champions League as well so these are Champions League ca calibre players they're not Ashley Williams coming in yeah. from, from Swansea D dare I say it and you know huge respect for Barcelona yeah. <laughs> and what they represent but a degree of snobbishness maybe Gav in terms of you know they don't oh, they're not good enough for us they're absolutely therefore rubbish players whereas in fact actually these are good players who will improve Everton you would hope so. You would hope so. The the, the sort of thing you you say about uh, that is the meaning. The meaning of why have they got a buyback clause then? That's certain of him. Yeah, yeah. If yeah. they don't raise him, and he's a dud, might be installed a buyback clause in the in the contract. Yeah, you you just want him off the books, wouldn't you? Absolutely. It's yeah. So I mean, uh, that's. Uh, and adding to that point, there's no option to buy Gomez either, is there? No, yeah, he's not. Yeah. So he's just alone. Yeah. So he, yeah. he obviously can't be that bad. Yeah. yeah. So. Yeah. Um, to say there's a bit of bit of saber rattling there going on mm -hmm. and a bit of a uh, bit of spin, and as we all know, players are, can be poor at one club and be brilliant at the the next. Mm -hmm. I mean, a lot of overseas players we bought have been great o over the years. Not Evan, just you know, uh, Premier League legends were bought because they were poor. Mm. Bear Camp would be one, you know, yeah. for, the, for yeah. the start, you know. He you wasn't. Know, uh, he, uh, he, was, he wasn't a bad footballer, was he? You know, so it's littered, littered with players who, who've not done it abroad and, and, and come here and, and found their feet. So I'm not really bothered about that, really. Yeah. Um, we've we've spoke at length about Yerry Mina on this pod and probably talked it to death. He was the number one target. He's in now. That's great. One of the surprise packages of yesterday was that we've we got Andre Gomez in. He's looks like he's going to be injured for about three weeks. But Joe, when he is fit. If you're Morgan Schneidlin, are you thinking, this is bad news for me, this? I'm going to be honest here, I don't know a great deal about Andre Gomez. Mm. I'm guessing that Marco Silva knows him well. Uh, did they work together in the past, Gomez? Gomez's history is... Uh, was he at Sporting? He was at Valencia, no, Benfica. Yeah, Benfica. Benfica and then Valencia. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's a, it's a hard one to know. I don't think the fact that he's coming in injured helps him. Mm. Quite often when you see players coming in injured, that they, they struggle to sort of find their rhythm. Um, I think of, of all the summer signings, Everton made he's the probably the one that I'm not bowled over by. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but but perhaps that's a bit harsh because I'm uh, as I have just admitted I don't no, know. I, a great I, deal I, about I don't think you're alone. Yeah. I don't really know a great deal about him. Yeah. But um, Gav, what, what then? Feelings on Gomez? The centre midfield, isn't he? Um, I suspect that might have been a bargain chip in the uh, getting the Mina deal through. You think? Because so I thought that may have been sort of mm. part of you know 
part of it. Um, so we are light in midfield, though. yeah, and we are to, to win win, isn't it? Mm. Um, and I, I've not got a problem with it. I mean, there's there's a there's an international break as ever, I think, in early September. So I think he'll probably be back middle of September, isn't it? I think this is the second Saturday or second week in September. So no, I'm not. Not got a problem with, but they said two and a half euros, two two point two five million euros, yeah. I think. So yeah, yeah. So uh, I think it, it, we need bodies in that area of the pitch. So somebody's played for Valencia, Barca. I'm not, I'm not got a problem with that. I think he, he he's one of them with the point to prove, isn't he? As mm. well. Um, again, there was some stuff about some losing confidence in front of the. the God, we've had enough players. He's lost confidence. Yeah, yeah, can't yeah. Have yeah. Any more. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so. Chance to relaunch his career, so and and Marco knows him well. Um, well, not to say well, saying, but you know him from from Portuguese mm. football. Yeah, I've not got a problem with that. To be fair, do you think that the signing of all the signings that Everton have made, the one that's captured the imagination most, is is Bernard? As I'm saying, although I got my hand, my wrist slapped. It's not Bernard; it's Bernard. Yeah. Fair. <laughs> however, you want to say. Do you think he's he's the player that is actually exciting everybody the most? Definitely, it was only a couple of years back. Where is it? So it's Bernard. I, I, I don't know. People keep telling Bernard, me. Yeah. I'm yeah. saying Bernard. It feels he feels yeah. a Bernard. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. yeah, yeah. A couple of years back, there was a lot of excitement around him. I remember Everton were linked with him a few years ago, weren't they? Before I think just after he'd gone to Shakhtar. It was possibly. during the protracted yeah. pursuit of Yarmolenko. Yeah, of course. Oh, yeah. Right. About three years then. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and it, the funny Brazilian players aren't they because it's whether they settle but if they do he's, he's got great technical ability he can score goals he likes to break into the box he's somebody that would be interesting to find see where they, they find mm. fit, fitting him in but what I liked what I thought was interesting about Silva today in his press conference is he, he went through almost every player he bought and explained why he fits in and he basically said look we got rid of Rooney so we we brought him. Yeah, really interesting that wasn't yeah, it. Yeah, and and I, and I like that. It like again, it showed the plan, didn't it? It showed that he wanted a certain amount of players. And Gomez brought a body in midfield. They needed centre halves because they let two centre halves go. The left back situation. So that that was interesting. He's he's one that does excite. He he captures the imaginations. I'm pretty sure he's one of those football manager style, <laughs> great and football manager sort of players. So yeah, I, I'm looking forward to seeing him. I really am. I think he, he'll be an enigma, but yeah. that's what you want sometimes, yeah. isn't it? Gav, how, how have we managed to land a player who was playing every game in the Champions League for his club last season, scoring goals in the Champions League, um, and has been playing, you know, international football for Brazil only a couple of years ago? How have we managed to get? How have we beaten off some big clubs mentioned yeah. in in in, in uh, being linked with them? It's an incestum one, isn't it? Um, if I knew that, I'd probably be an agent, wouldn't I? Really, or da- <laughs> director of football, or some top, yeah, top. Um, you could be Marcel's wingman, I reckon. I could be. Yeah, I haven't got the hair for it. I think, though, uh, it's a good question. I think, well, money obviously comes into it at some point. Um, Offer, you know, more opportunities. First team, you would, it would be then. Say, you know, and you would like to think, and I think. Machiri said about this, isn't it? And, and I, don't, I don't know where this plays into it, but we are still in a good location football-wise, aren't we? You know, I think Ronald and Machiri used to talk about the Northwest Football Hub, aren't we? You know, and and although we sort of, you know, we obviously got local rivalry across the park. It's it, it is an attraction, isn't it? The whole being part of like three or four big clubs in, and the other big club in the northwest. I would like to think that holds an attraction for players as well. You know, and, and uh, outside of London, that's 
it's probably the only way you're going to sell it. You know? and, and, and sorry to interject, Gav, uh, just thinking, just come to me then, how much of a factor is it the fact for Bernard making this decision? In the region, he's got Alisson, Firmino, he's got Fernandinho in Manchester, he's got Fred, all all, all the same national, yeah. Richarlison's at the football club. Yeah. Is, is that, a, you know, is he, are there, you know, he's got people yeah. that he knows probably. Yeah, he's absolutely. Fred and Bernard's on the aisle. That's what it takes you back, doesn't it? Really? <laughs> Get the t-shirts, mate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, lo- yeah local social club. Yeah, I, and, and I'm sure that's part of, you know, the Barca connection at Evan, which you like to talk about, you know, it was like three players for Barcelona as well, isn't it? You know, mm. yeah, you would think there'd be myriad reasons, but I think um, maybe the project was sold. <laughs> I mean, and he said all the right things, didn't he, when he came, uh, to be fair, in his press conference. Uh, that's how he studied our history, you know, yeah. while he's being over there, you know. And he, um, do you think, from what we know, look, you know, we're far from experts on this on this uh, this lad. I think he can cope physically. I, I I saw him at Finch Farm reception today, and I can confirm he is he's a small guy. Yeah, it's, it's whether I suppose they don't need to compete physically in terms of they don't need to go up against big guys. They just need to know how to use their size in a different way, don't they? And I was thinking to um, back to Juninho at Middlesbrough, and, and he was a small guy who perhaps wasn't strong, and but he knew how to sort of steal a march on someone steal a yard and, and, and use his body that way so it's whether he adapts like that and that, that will probably decide whether he's a success or a failure because he's certainly going to have the, the ability um, but that's why he's such an enigma and I think that's why he excites because you think if he does settle mm. and he does learn um, he could be someone like a Juninho who was a very good player yeah yeah um, yeah if he was Juninho I'll settle for that I think we overeat that a little bit I think the game's changed a little bit hasn't mm. it you know, when you see Premier League now and say, see Champions League or whatever, it, uh, I think the, the, the changes in the, the rules of the game and the way games are refereed, I think, has taken, taken some of that out of the game. I'm just fair. thinking of our experience with, with Davy Klassen. I think the pace is quicker, isn't it? It's, yeah. it's maybe not the physical side of it, but the pace is quicker in England. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah and uh, and mm. I, think, I think that's a good point. With Klassen, mm. it was more the. It was it was the pace, wasn't it, and the, mm. the, the sort of the the tempo rather than the getting yes, classes yeah. every every five minutes. Yeah. Um, so you know, it was a free. You know what I mean? So it was forty million or fifty million. It was class and type fee. You'd, you'd probably you know have a concern, but I, I I think I think we've done some really smart business overall. I think after yesterday, I think we've done. I think we we're still lacking. Maybe three or four players. Still. Right. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. Please expand. Um, I still think we need another striker. I, I was listening to the pod on earlier on the week yeah. before, and, and you were talking about Tosin being first choice. Mm. And I think. Yeah, but I think. It, sorry, it, yeah. but if you think, and this is hugely massive ifs and buts. If Bernard firing all cylinders, Richarlison, Sigurdsson playing in his right position, Walcott fully fit. Tosin only needs to stand in the box and he's going to get the service. Yeah, isn't yeah. He? what I was going to say is, because what was said in the pod as well, I can't remember if it's about Tosin, but what happens if somebody gets injured? And I know we've got players who can do a job in that area. I think Richie Allison can play. Yeah. I mean, Bolkos played up top, hasn't yeah. he, on occasions. Mm-hmm. But I, st- I still think I still think we're light. Um, okay, we've got Dominic, Calvert Lewin, and maybe, but I still think we're light there. Um, and it's, uh, Marco spoke spoken about having two players at every position, mm. and I still think 
considering all that this other quality we're bringing in elsewhere, we're still maybe a little bit short. I still think in midfield, you know, even though we we signed Andre Gomez, I still think our options there are still a little bit limited. Um, so that that's two two areas, and um, that that I still think that we need to to uh, beef up in 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 the future, um, because I, I think to get on a sort of level in those areas like we appear to be like you know out wide and sort of playmaker wise and centered off there I say now quickly before we move on then to uh, <laughs> the football which we won't forget <laughs> uh, I throw this one at you Joe uh, just so certainly this weekend and certainly down the line big two I think two almost the biggest decisions Silver has to make for you Joe is it Baines or is it Luca Dean as I'm reliably told it's pronounced now Right now, if you're asking me, yeah. it's Baines. Yeah. But I haven't seen them training. You know, maybe this week, Lucas Dean, is um is has been training very well. But yeah, obviously, I don't I don't see him coming straight in and taking Leighton Baines's place. Um, so for the time being, I would say Baines. And Gav, speaking about centre half, if you're our captain, long-serving captain, hugely popular, well-respected, had an excellent career at Everton, Phil Jagielka, are you are you sat there? So we sat there yesterday thinking this has been a bad window for me. Yeah, yeah. He's probably trying to lose care to him as paperwork, wasn't <laughs> he, at some point? Uh, yeah, well, exactly. But Phil, Phil's 36, isn't he? Now, um, and I think, you know, he's professional enough to realise that. I mean, and, and probably think, he's professional enough to realise that, you know, you have the national natural evolution of the game and also he's probably realised that I've, pro- I've been lucky I've probably had three or four years extra <laughs> thanks to our general mismanagement of the centre-half position over the last four or five years but you know at least at least four or five at least two or three years extra than what I would normally expect you know playing for Everton because we've just basically mismanaged that area so all things considered I think he considers himself quite lucky to stay you know and all due respect they still playing Premier League football, thirty-six, mm. and he's still be in the squad. Um, it does raise a question about the captaincy, again, doesn't it? Having bringing in two centre halves yesterday, that if Jags is not going to be the first choice, well, you know, oh, oh, if it is to lose, the natural succession, yeah. the natural and um, in place successor was always Bainesy, but yeah. obviously now there's a situation with whether Baines starts or not. So is it the obvious choice? Is it Coleman? I know we've run pieces on on this issue before, mm. and unanimously almost Seamus seems to come out on top, doesn't he? Is it too obvious? But yeah, I think it's got to be Coleman. The way he represents the club. I mean, a, a captain for me isn't just about on the pitch. It's about how you represent the club on and off the pitch. And for me, it has to be Coleman. But Gav's smiling, so I'm yeah. guessing he's got, he's got something else up his sleeve. No, no, no. I'm, 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 I totally agree with it. I, mean, oh, I, was I, just, I on thought you were going to say no, do away with captains. No, or no, yeah. This that that question you can change your you can you don't you're not bound by Premier League rules. I assume so not. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. So, um, I, I, yeah, Coleman to me is a natural uh, captain. Is that uh, the reason I was smiling? Is, is that sort of the Europa League where he was giving everybody a rollick in the dressing room? We yeah. had crutches yeah, last yeah, year, yeah, which yeah. I think uh, speaks volumes. And, and I think um, I think without trying to be foretelling the future too much. Um, once Seamus is playing, days are over. I think I'll be keeping with the club for a long time possible because I think he's got a, a longer 
long-term future at the club beyond his playing days easily. Agreed. And, and um, mm. I, you know, one day I wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised if he's in the dugout in one one form, one form or another. And on that basis, I'd be, I'd, I'd be making him the captain. But it's an inter- there's still two or three big decisions to be made. You know, consequent. You know, the Baines one I think is another one. As you say, you know. It, I think Baines should yeah. start on Saturday. Do you think so? Yeah, I just don't think. As, as Joe said, Marco may have seen stuff in training from from Luca Dean, but Baines may have had a, a, a difficult afternoon against Valencia, but you know he still remains classy operator. I still think you've just got to go with him. Yeah. I think I think it's his shirt to lose rather than yeah. yeah you know what I mean? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, well, it's a bit like when he came in himself. He wasn't first choice. I think Valencia was still playing then, wasn't he? Two thousand and seven. It took Leighton himself took probably a year, you know, to mm. to become natural first choice left back. Um, and I think also as well, Jags is he, is it a shirt to lose? I think a centre half. I've been slightly more concerned about Jags's form in pre-season yeah. uh, and I sense not uh, Marco was asked about it today at the press conference but didn't really sort of give a particularly clear answer the fact that we went all out and got two defenders yeah. on the final day said a lot to me yeah agrees um, question for you both then do, do you put those two two new defenders let's say they were available tomorrow would you put them in together straight away Zuma and Mina. Zuma and Mina. No, and that's why I think it's a similar situation with Baines and and and, and Dean. I think mm-hmm. I think it's got to be a grad. I don't think it can be a clinical, drastic change of the guard. I think this has got to be gradual. Yeah, I really yeah. do. In those positions, forward lines is a little bit different, isn't it? But I think in those positions, it's got to be a, a gradual kind of handing over of the baton, if you like. Yeah, yeah. Because bringing in like. Three quarters of back four, that's new as sometimes. It's can be tough to do, isn't it? You know? Especially uh, a young back four as well at that, because you know, Zoom is 19. And, um, is he, is he I mean, having said that, though, we've got the world's best goalkeeper coming back on Saturday, so yeah, yeah. Do play who you want there. Yeah, no, but, but it's, it's an interesting one, isn't it? Um, and I, 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 the thing with Baines, I think, is, is to me, is the way the tempo that Marco wants to play and whether. whether Leighton can play that tempo for for a whole season or even half, you know, for for a prolonged period of the games. Um, it's all right. He's playing with PNR, which is ten years ago when he's in mid twenties. It's a different thing when you're, you know, thirty four as he is during the course of the season. So uh, I think um, if if Baines is still the, the left back at the end of the season or even at Christmas, I will be quite uh, quite surprised. By the way, Zuma's twenty three. He's just been nineteen in my head forever. Yeah. I, I just remember him slightly, making his debut. Slightly so young. That. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so he's, yeah. he's not quite as young as I, I thought he was. Yeah. Still younger than everybody around this table, unfortunately. Yeah. <laughs> um, moving on. So the Michael Silver era officially begins. It feels like Michael's been in, in place for, for a long time, doesn't it? But it officially begins tomorrow evening at Molyneux when the Blues face newly promoted Wolves. Um, tough start, this, Joe. It feels. T- we, we spoke about the fixtures when they came out and we sensed it's going to be hard it just feels like it's got tougher this game you say that I've, I've been we've done our Premier League predictions today and I've, I've tipped Wolves to go down I, I think it, to be honest it was out of them or Fulham for me as two teams that have come up and I've, I've showed a lot of ambition but I'm not quite sure that 
when you come into the the Premier League with the big boys and you you, you try and play an attractive way and, and bring in players with the best will in the world like like um, Ruben Neves and people like that who are right, they're exceptionally talented but whether they can then mm. play around top teams who've been doing it for a long time that that that's where I I doubt it and I, and I actually think it's a tough start because I think wherever you go when when you go to a, a promoted side they're always up for it yeah um, but. I think the game will be open and I think you're better off playing an open game like that where there'll be chances um, I, I think I think that the games weren't there to be won certainly Gav? I don't think they'll go down because uh, I think that, that I think there's worse teams in the Premier League last season because they who go down and I think though you mention big boys I think it, you know you're talking the you know the usual suspects there I think if you come up and you've got something about you I think there's enough poor teams mm. around the edges of the Premier League that are, uh, that are well capable of going down um, so I, I think that that in mind and also the amount of money they spent and I think they've got a really decent manager uh, plus the fact we've got this awful record against most of the teams which has come out today I think it's two wins out of 16 in our history and it's away from home and it's 5.30 of a Saturday night where we always appear to get the a omens, like, yeah, uh, The omens aren't good. So it would, would, would indicate that it's uh, it, it, it's going to be a tough game. But they'd be looking at us, won't they, and saying, well, hang on, I mean, Evan brought a few mm. players in and sort of got a new manager in. Um, you know, that'll be, be a tough uh, tough team to face. And I, I, I agree, I think it could be an open, open game. Um, I think um, there's, there's a good... Good fact that I think they faced each other four times: Nuno Santo and uh, oh right, this is the big one. And the away teams won on all four occasions. So that's so the message is: don't turn up to Goodison later <laughs> in the season, <laughs> but get down to Mali. Well, tomorrow, tonight. yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah so yeah. that's your uh, and and I I, I I sense it should be it should be a really good game. To be honest with you, yeah, yeah I'm looking yeah. forward to it. Yeah, me too. So optimism abounds, of course, after yesterday and what a staggering day it was for Everton, but. Let's let's. What's realistic? What is realistic for Everton this season in the league? Where will we finish? What is? What do we have to have achieved in the league to go? Yeah, that was a good season. That ticked a lot of the boxes, um, and was what we really needed to do to get back on track. Um, seventh. I'll put, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll say seventh with the, the caveat that. Um, I would rather see us finish eighth, but show signs of real progress on the playing side. So this is a almost performance over results. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So performance and bedding in players. I'd rather finish eighth, where that's you know, and maybe maybe even be eleventh or twelfth for most of the season, and then come up with a late run. How would always do that this first couple of years? Uh, I, I I would want to see progress. So by the time we ended the season we're significantly better than what we were say middle of the season mm. so an example and I don't want to sort of I suppose I don't want to mention because it it's Liverpool but it's like Rodgers first season Liverpool's second season when they nearly won the title their first season were quite poor until Christmas and then after Christmas they really kicked on and yeah. finished the yeah. season really strongly with you know reasonably new sets of players and stuff uh, and then obviously that then went into the following season and, and that's what I'd like to see from us you know development throughout the campaign yeah. where the, the where the end of the season position yeah it'd be great to finish seventh but as long as we can see the development and you can see a really bright future then eight, eight or nine wouldn't kill me to be fair so do we have to 
have closed the gap back on the top six. I think I think it got to we finished eight. I think it was fourteen points. I think the gap was previously under Coombe and it had been eight. I think. Do we have to close the gap back to eight? Is that? I don't think you need to get hung up on 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 point totals and because they can change year to year, can't they? Teams can have brilliant seasons and then fall away. I think what Gav was saying is spot on. Really, you just want to see progress. You want to see the team develop. You want to see players develop. You want to go into next summer saying. Richarlison's long-term um, winger. You want to Tosin scores goals. Pickford's still there. One of the two centre halves or both centre halves have developed. Din, Dean or Dinier is, is your is your um, first choice left back and and sort of I'm not wishing Baines out the team, but you you see that progression, don't you? So I think it's about seeing players develop, and I don't think people should get hung up on points totals because it's difficult. You know, the top six is is very very difficult to get near at the moment, and. Um, they spend a lot of money, so uh, I don't. I don't think you need to to get hung up on that sort of thing. I just think you need to see progress, um, and 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 that's the main thing, isn't it? And stability as well. So it's almost trying to make it a as much of a stylistic departure from Sam as uh, more than anything. Even if you've got Johan Cruyff in charge. The previous three seasons, I'd be saying the same thing. You know, it's not necessarily a Sam-related uh, uh, thing, or, or even a Cumin-related thing. It's just, it's just. Um, y- you see, you see the teams in the Premier League who are progressing, and in a certain type of manager playing in a certain type of style. And you know, we know you're talking about here, talking about Klopp's Pochettino, all that type of thing. You know, Guardiola. I'm not saying that we're like that, but you, that's the type of football that. The games about these days, it's not necessarily about the, the Jose Mourinho park on the bus type of thing being quite rigid. Has he got enough players to fill a bus now? Yeah, 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 true, true. Uh, but we stole one of them, didn't we? But you know, and, and you see, you can see that that's where football's at, isn't it? That's where it's going to be in the future. The high tempo mm-hmm. press game that it's been involved a few years, and I want to see us under a, a younger manager do that because that 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 that's going to take your places and that's really one of one is that that's the important thing for me uh i think he ronald for, for though you could he did well his first season he was a little bit rigid wasn't he um and we were a bit over reliant on rom on occasions uh and i i want to you know i want to see us you know get play that type of thing because that that's what makes successful football teams at the moment i think style is important i think I'm of, I'm always of the belief that a happy club is a successful club. That if fans are happy with what they're seeing, and they feel like they're making progress and they're happy with the football, then people pull together. and And I honestly think that if the fans, the, the players, and the manager feel positive, that it that it drives itself through, and you, you will see more progress made. Um, so I think style does does matter, and I, and I think you're right in terms of the type of style that seems to be successful at the moment. Um, seem to be a high tempo pressing style um, so yeah you know, I, I think I think it is important for them to play attractive stuff no, 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 as they will do no and as you say Joe, one of Michael Silver's uh, declarations and uh, when he first joined was re-establishing a connection yeah. with the fans and I think that's what you were talking about isn't it and that, that, that I think is something he's very keen on um, yeah I think we'll wrap it up there thank you very much chaps really enjoyed that um, we could talk to for hours after the day we just had on Thursday, couldn't we? And, and, and the top of the season, but we'll leave it till next week when we will get back around the table to discuss. Fingers crossed, a victory at Molyneux. Uh, although the Omens aren't good, are they, Gavin? Unfortunately, no, the Omens are good. They're okay. 
<laughs> we'll take okay. Win. Yeah. We'll take okay. Well, thank you very much for listening to the ra- latest edition of the Royal Blue Podcast in association with Sport Pacer. You've been listening to the Royal Blue Podcast from the Liverpool Echo.